The title of the lesson is Living a Life That Impacts Others. One of the things that we need to be reminded of, and we look a little bit as we get over in First Peter chapter 2 and chapter 1, about what is it that impacts us in the life of another person. And we need to think about that as we live our lives and as we make decisions along the way. Because we normally think about something big, something that we've done that has an impact on someone else. But you go back and think and remember for a while, both in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm, some of the things that have impacted your life along the way. My mother was one of those who, for some reason, kept report cards. And they're not always pleasant to look at. But what has always intrigued me is the conversations that my mother had with some of my teachers. And the impact that those teachers, or a particular teacher, had had on my life back in the third grade. That she had some knowledge of, but not completely. Three years later, she had my little sister in the third grade. That's a totally different picture. Little sister was a pleaser. Little sister would do the work that needed to be done. Big brother was not that nature. But again, it would be years down the road, and there would be an opportunity for us to reconnect, my little sister and I, to reconnect with that teacher. And to share some of those memories. The teacher would, after she had retired, after a good number of years of teaching, of course when you're in the third grade, you already, see, you already think your teacher is old. And she's probably no more than 23 or 24, but we thought she was old. But after she retired, she wrote about her students. And she talked about what some of her students had gone on to do. And I'm trying to think which one it was, what group. It doesn't matter any longer, I guess, because I can't remember. But one of her students had gone on to be a popular singer in a musical group in California. And she said, and one of her students, out of all the students she's had, one of her, two, her students had become a preacher. Impacts that you don't know about. I think about Christians down through the years. Think about teachers, and it's not the teacher per se or what he had taught. Oftentimes it was the comment 
made in passing. When you think about the impact of others along the way, a couple have already heard this story of number 318. I love the Lord. I said to what memory sticks in my mind was singing that song to the author of that song while he laid in a hospital bed dying. We had gathered around his bed and the family sang that song. He was not with it at the time, but that song, you could see a response in his part. His love for the Lord. And I think about the song across the page, number 317. Fanny Crosby. Know a little bit about her life. But it's just that impact that they make. We think about some great things, but it's those little things that done, it's what they did with the life, it was what they had that makes a difference in life. And as I read Peter, First Peter, we're looking at that on Wednesday night a little bit as well, but it's just the fact, it's not so much Peter that has left an impact on lives, it is, but it's also those to whom he wrote of whom we have no information about, basically. Those that were scattered abroad, as were the Jews out of the dispersion, those that were scattered abroad, and as we had looked on, on Wednesday night, they were more likely those that are the result of Acts 8 and verse 4, where the disciples were persecuted and they were scattered abroad, and what did they do? They went everywhere preaching the word. They touch lives that we do not have their names. But they touch lives by the life that they lived. And that's that way with us. Here. Congregations previous to here. People that we've known down through the years. It's not per se anything particular that maybe it might be. But oftentimes it's simply the life that they live to know that they had a strong desire to serve God and they stood for him. They were just common people. But they had a desire of serving him. And you can, I can recall many incidents of congregations down through the years of individuals. Sometimes it may have been an elder or deacon. Sometimes it may have been another preacher. But so many times it was simply the members of the congregation and what they did and how they lived that made an impact on my life. Living a life that impacts others. Peter is going to talk about that a little bit of what he thinks they ought to be doing and how they live their lives. You go back to chapter 1. And you're starting way down there, but we're going to just drop down to verse 14 of chapter 1. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. As obedient children, how does that stick in your mind? Can you think of individuals whom you have known in the years gone by that just, that would describe them? That they were an obedient child. Not in the physical sense per se, but in that spiritual sense. They had a love for God and a willingness to stand for what was right and a willingness to follow them within their life. And again, as Peter's writing to them, see, that's striking me. What type of life am I living? Does the name have to be there? I've been told many times by individuals or several individuals that, you know, if you want to be known, you have to do some writing. What well, do I have to be known? <laughs> and how heaven will be, I have no way of knowing. I really do not. And how we will be when we're there and how things will unfold while we're there. If, if, you know, I don't know. I just want to be there, one. And two is I don't know if it makes any difference to be able to say, I want to see not just those I read about in the scriptures, but I want to see some of those early Christians who lost their lives in service to God. Will that make a difference? I want to be able to thank some, but will that really make the difference? But just knowing because of them, we're here. We're here because of some of those who have preceded us. You never know their names. Do we live that type of life that would indeed do that? Dropping down a little bit later in that first chapter. Verse 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Loving one another fervently. And they go on to talk about things we need to do. And it's just that reminder to us, it's, it's the little things that make a difference. The little things that we do or that have been done that we do not know about. The sacrifice here, the sacrifice there, not knowing what's going on. Each one of us here this evening have gone through some things. Each one of us this, this, here this evening have family members that we have dealt with. And it's sometimes it's often be just a little thing that was said or done that has made the difference in changing what we, where we are and what we've learned along the way. They gave that little word of encouragement. It doesn't matter where you are. It matters who you are. It doesn't matter how you serve. It matters whom you serve. That's the little things that make a change. Again, hearing a statement from some of the well-known gospel preachers in, in back in the days, the dark ages, makes a comment. He says, 
teacher reminded us, he said, listen, boys, I'm telling you that most of you will not ever be known as a great preacher in the brotherhood. But you are important in the eyes of God. Makes a difference. Look around and see what some have done. You wonder, boy, they've done some great things. And that's not the point. The point is just be that servant of God. Serve God from the heart. This is what these Christians in Peter's day are doing. Serving God from the heart. Enduring the fiery trial that would come their way. But having that commitment in in serving God. To be like newborn babes in verse 2 of chapter 2. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you not done that? Have a longing for the word of God. Have you not tasted that the Lord is gracious? We're here by the grace of God. Have we not realized that? We've made changes in our lives that in some cases that are the radical 180 degree turn from a life of evil and corruption desire to satisfy the lust of the flesh to make a 180 degree turn to be a child of God and to count those things as lost and to press on to the goal that lies ahead longing for that pure milk we know that the Lord is gracious and yet as he, Peter's writing to these Christians they had left their homeland. Some of them may have been, and some of them may not have been, but a lot of them, some of them may have been those that, again, out of Acts 8 and verse 12, 4, those that had been scattered because of persecution, those that were children of God in Jerusalem who had to flee for their lives, or who did flee for their lives, and have moved into a different country, lived into a different culture, and serve God where they were at. Believing this is where God would have them to be. Understanding that they have tasted that the Lord indeed is gracious. And for those that they known who had lost their lives in the service of God. For being faithful to God. You know where they're at. They're there to receive their reward one day. To see those who have served God down through the years and to, again, who have been faithful in the service of God. Who touched the lives of individuals in their own small way. But it's never a small way, is it? If a small deed had turned your life around, then it's not small. The little deed that you do that seem insignificant. The kind word that you say, the kind deed that you do, that reaching out and touching somebody, which we're not supposed to do, but reaching out and touching people, knowing what that means, how much that touches or changes the life, that little encouragement, good to see you, 
Glad that you're here. Do we work with it in our lives? Verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're his own special people. I don't know about you, I love that. (laughs) You know, it's just that reminder. We're lost in the world. For the most part, the world in which we live has very little concept of who it is that meets behind these walls. But you are very special. You're God's special people. That makes a difference to know that the creator of the universe will see you as his special person. Makes a difference in life. Do we follow through on that as we live day by day? Again, we will never know. But as you look again in life, it's the way it's been down through life. It's the little things that made a difference. Again, I've mentioned at times I can go back and I I can recall statements that were made concerning the Lord's church at a time when I had no interest or no desire to have any part to do with religion. And yet a statement or two would find their place and in time I would see a, a significance to what they had said. And I also seen a commitment that one would make to be in a situation in a room where most of those people in that room had no desire of wanting to serve God and, and as mention is being made about where those who wanted to go worship could go worship. And to make the, that, a, a statement. The statement again was they're saying, well, there's Baptist church over here, Methodist church over here, and, and a Presbyterian church over here. There's a church of Christ with the instrument over here, and there's a church of Christ with the instrument without the instrument over here. And to hear somebody in the back of the room make the comment, if it's a church of Christ that does not have the instrument. Wow. Years later, that hits the mind. Didn't at the time. I heard it. Evidently it did because it stuck in the mind. But simply saying... You never know what you say that makes a difference. I've said things in jest that I try not to do any longer, but I, I still do them on occasions. Uh, to make a, the scriptures say something that they really do not say. And I have to remind myself, I need to be careful about what that, I do that, how I do that. Because I'm asking other people, as you read the scriptures, don't read into them what they don't say. <laughs> I made a comment about one at the time that says, you know, the scriptures teach that Paul was in the United States. Philippians 4, Paul says, in whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. Made that statement, and it would be, wow, 25, 30 years later, I'd meet a member of that, con- that congregation and the first words out of their person's mouth was, I remember that statement. 
I moved to a state that I didn't want to have to move to. But I remember what you said. Wherever I'm at, I can learn to be content. And content she was. Living a life that's going to impact others. We think of the great things. It's not. It's the little things that are done. It's the little deeds that are done. That make a difference in life. A little farther down there in chapter 3. As Peter is writing to them. He reminds them in verse 12 that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His prayers are, his ears are open to their prayers. The face of the Lord is against those of evil. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. If his eyes are on you, what does that mean? He knows you. He knows you. His eyes are upon you. His eyes are not upon his created world. They are, but that's not what's being said. That he's aware of everything that goes on on the face of this earth. That's not what's being said. That's true. He knows every individual and what they think before they think it. Yes, that's true. But it says, his eyes are upon those who are righteous. He's aware of you. That changes the life. I don't live in fear because I know he's watching me. I still stumble, I still make mistakes, but I have the prayers that, to, to know that I can always come to him and that he is always there. His ears are open to their prayers. Again, that's a boggling, mind-boggling thing there too, isn't it? That creator of the universe, God in his throne in heaven, which far excels this universe that we can see, perceive, imagine, or not. He lives beyond this universe that we can see. His throne is in heaven. And yet... His ears are open to you. And because his ears are open to you, what? You change your life. And as you change your life, what? You're going to impact the life of somebody else and help their life to be changed. And again, in, in a similar way that there's no way, and I don't know about you, again, I, I, evidently I say it enough that it boggles my mind. There's no way to know how many souls, how many lives, how many words, how many decisions, how many deeds have been done within our lifetime to bring us together tonight. Can you even begin to imagine that? 
how many deeds were done, how many words were said, how many lives were changed, how many courses have been taken because to bring us here this evening. You know, I've mentioned at times I was converted because of a P.S. and a letter. That's really encouraging, isn't it? Man writes a letter to his brother and he finishes out and then at the bottom he said, P.S. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a campaign for the military persons in, in Germany? Campaign was organized, brought over, and that's where I was converted. And all the things that go along with it. Time I was looking, I had gone to various religious services and that wasn't right. It's still around and you don't need to see the magazine or the, it was a magazine that put out for the military personnel in, in Wiesbaden. The cover is what maybe drawn, caught my attention. But it was then what was on the inside. In the inside there was an ad for a gospel meeting being held in a German town hall being conducted by a preacher out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And a buddy and I talked about going. He said, I don't think I want to go. It's, a, it's down here. It's going to be done in German. And I was thinking, no. The preacher is from Little Rock, Arkansas. I don't think he's speaking German. <laughs> so I went. Went every night. Converted on the last night of the campaign. What are the chances? Well, there's no chances in that. God's hand is at that. But a P.S. And a P.S. on that is that man who wrote that letter was my father-in-law. We're simply saying, you live a life that's going to impact others. Don't think in great big terms. Our whole life is based on these little decisions that we make. Yeah, there's a big one that turns us once in a while. But it's the little things that keep life going. The prayers of the righteous. Oh, how much they avail. Knowing that you pray. To hear somebody say, you do not know how many prayers are being offered up for you. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. Challenging, but it's encouraging. Your life matters. Your presence here this evening matters. You strengthen your brothers and your sisters in Christ by your presence here this evening. It matters. It makes a difference. It makes a difference not just now. But it's going to make a difference on down through time and down through the road. And what will we remember? Again, I have no way of, con of, of a concept of how heaven will be. I hear people talk about it, but I have that suspicion that when we're in heaven, we're not going to be discussing what happened in Cedar Hill on May the 17th 
of 2020. I don't think that's going to be a consideration. It may have, it may have an impact <laughs> on our being in heaven, but that's not going to be our focus when we're there. The focus will be because we're there, and it's because of the life that we lived, the example that we set, the words that we did, the deeds that we did here, currently, and then towards eternity. Five seventy. Is that it? You have to look to. All right, good. Five seventy-two. See, I, I I look at them and say, oh yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, and I've been known to to give the words of a, a song, and that's not the one we're singing as the invitation. Uh, but I surrender all. That decision. That decision is going to have an impact on other people. I have decided that I'm going to surrender all to Jesus. Listen to those words as you sing them. We're teaching and we're admonishing one another in our hymns and our psalms and our spiritual song, singing and making a melody unto the Lord. We're teaching one another. As I listen and as I say, I surrender all. I'm trying to encourage you to do that. You're singing, I surrender all. You're trying to encourage me to do that. We're trying to encourage each other to give everything to God and let him have rule in our life. And indeed, all of that will have an impact on our life and on the lives of those that we come in contact with. But if your life's not where it needs to be, if you really need to learn how to surrender all, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in that decision, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.